Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, Travis on the text line. Thank you for the Stevie Ray Vaughan, of course. We rotate our fifth hour open, musical open. Little Willie, a little uh, SRV right there. Oh, yeah. Says, I assure you, most of Austin employees, Austin City employees, know what 420 is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Some of them partake. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> this says, guys, uh, on breaks at work. <laughs> Travis on the text line says, I was there. On that 420 hey. for Willie's statue unveiling. Did you uh, did you <clears throat> partake on 420? Enjoyed life. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed life. Enjoyed life. There you go. Enjoying life. There you go. It oh. says, uh, Chan says, you guys educated me on 420. I'm a nerd. I didn't know. <laughs> See, that's much. the ones you were talking about. Chan's a cool Nothing nerd. Nothing wrong though. with that. Hey, trust me. I, uh, you want to be a nerd because nerds, they run stuff later on. Everybody knows that. You want to be a nerd in school because they run stuff later on, Mike. They CEOs and CFOs. We will uh, mm-hmm. go behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour one more time with Rod. Texas football coming off a 37-10 to 10 win that um, certainly brought a lot to like, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think the running backs flashed. I thought Xavier Worthy. I mean, the one guy on the offense, well, not the one guy, one of the guys on the offense that I think needs to have a, have a you know, has to have, did not have his best game is the way I should put it, Rod, mm-hmm. was, was, it, was A.D. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell caught a touchdown pass, but he his did. blocking left a lot to be desired. Yeah. You talked earlier that, that you know blocking, what you do without so, the ball. Yeah, Brennan Marion had that quote that what you do without the football shows how much you love your teammates. That's your love language to your teammates is what you do without the football, which is blocking, your effort, route running, that kind of stuff. And I like, I like the quote. Shows you how unselfish O-linemen are. They're the most unselfish group on the team. They never get to well, touch the football. Speaking of the O-line, for those who are concerned that D.J. Campbell got the start and maybe struggled at times, D.J. Campbell sometimes looked like he was uh, uh, confused. He's a young player. Like it was his first or second start? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, like? right. Yeah. Well, and we asked about Cole Hudson, and somebody said that there was a story that uh, Sark, that Cole Hudson, got, Cole Hudson got banged up in practice this week. and uh, okay. He's, he's going to be okay. That they makes just sense. wanted to make sure he was healthy for the Alabama game. So, that makes sense, actually. So that could be, you know, he started there all last year. So um, that's good to see. Uh, and then Neto and Connor swapping sides. I thought that was good. But the interior line, A.D. Mitchell, those guys have to play better if they're going to have a chance at Alabama. And then Quinn Eurgen, you you gave the advice on the deep balls. But yeah. uh, outside of that, Rod, what else was good, bad, and ugly for you over the weekend? Uh, Astros got swept. Goose Swept. <laughs> by the Yankees. Astros had owned the Yankees of late, not this weekend. Mm-mm. And the Yankees had this 20-year-old prospect come up, Jason Dominguez. That dude is jacked. Yes, and he hit a is big home swole? run yesterday. They call him the baby Aaron Donald. He's only 20. What, like that? Oh, they're going to they gonna test him then. Test him. <laughs> test him. After what I he mean, did. You, gotta te- you probably got to test him after that. Like, test him. But fortunately for the Astros, the, the Rangers dropped two out of three to Man, the, the Twins. Rangers cannot they, get it together. They won yesterday thanks to mm-hmm. El Bombe. El Bombe. Uh, Adolis Garcia hit a big home run, 430-footer, a walk-off. He had struck out his first four at-bats and then parked one to end the game. So that sets up this week. So the Rangers lost two out of three, and the Twin, and the Mariners lost two out of three to the Mets this weekend. So the, the Astros didn't lose a bunch of ground. So the Rangers and the Astros are tied. Mariners are in first place. And the series starts today, three three oh five. Astros and Rangers, final games of the year. Let's get it on. It's um, you know the Astros have gone six and four in the previous ten over the Rangers, and that win for the Rangers yesterday was just their fourth win in their last sixteen games. Mm. So they're stinking right now, but uh, we'll see. Astros just got swept, so you got to go to the gilf. And you realize, all right, I've said this many times, but the Rangers last 
10 games. Seven of them are against the Mariners. And the last four games of the Rangers' regular season are in Seattle. I'm perfectly fine with that. A four-game series in Seattle. You want to face? You want to face the big dogs, huh? The Mariners have an even harder schedule than the Rangers. I know, you know they play like Tampa Bay, well, a bunch of first-place like teams. The, the, okay. the, the, statistically, the Rain, the Astros have the best chance still to win the division because their their record, their 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 September schedule is easier than both the Rangers and the Twins, or and, and the yeah. Mariners. So, and they've proven that they can win it before. Like they, this is their yes. proven commodity, as yeah, opposed to is... the Rangers, who are now just you know kind of reinventing the Rangers, and also the Mariners, who are young, up and coming. Yeah, this time, yeah, uh, new to it. Now the Rangers, the, the Mariners were in the playoffs last year. That's true. And remember, the Astros beat them, Jordan, with that shocking home <laughs> run late in Game One. They looked like the, the Mariners were going to steal it, and. Alvarez uh, just you know launched that home run and that that really turned that series. But the Astros have been there, Mariners have been there, and the Mariners are good. We'll see. Uh, Rangers, Astros, though, looking forward to it. Three oh five today, must see series, without a doubt. I'm not going to lie. In my mind, now that football started, baseball might as well be over, though. I think a Sorry. lot of people feel like that. It's just mm. it happens. Once the NFL kicks off, that definitely. Oh, happens you know why? That's because you're a Rangers fan, huh? Yeah. Rangers are good. <laughs> that will make it even better when we when we win the division. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh, y'all cared. Well, at least you have a distraction now. If your if your baseball team starts to you know crater a little bit or they start struggling, you just kind of go flip over to your football. The team. Rangers made the summer fun. I haven't had an enjoyable summer with sports. You know, I agree with you on that. In a long yeah. time. Well, and honestly, it was, that rivalry was there, fantastic. Now, this division is. You know, it's the most competitive division right oh, now I'm gonna in baseball. Watch, I'm going to watch this series. At least for the top sure. of it. I'll watch yeah. this game. And, and the football games aren't till the weekend. You can watch baseball during the week. Well, don't you have to, you There's know, action. Man. Action starts this week. Then Thursday? Is Thursday football? Thursday night football Thursday this night week? Football. There's football every night. Oh, that's the NFL, watch, though. Yeah, they yeah. start Thursday, right? Yep. Oh, man, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to tie on that one. Once, once the NFL and college go, I might. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't. My brain can only take so much sports at a time. I have a sportsgasm and not the good kind. Yeah, so. no. We also had Messi last night doing great work. Can I give you a stat out of baseball, though? I saw this. There's a great uh, Twitter follow called Codify Baseball. Oh, yeah. And they I do like the that. metrics and the stats. How good is Atlanta's lineup? How good is the Atlanta Braves right now? This, this is a weird stat, but Rod, you'll like it because you love deep dive. Most fair balls hit at 110 miles an hour or more this year. Okay, So That's when you nice put it in play and it's smoked, right? 110 miles an hour plus off the bat is smoked. The Braves have 182 fair balls hit that. Look at this list. The next closest, the, mm. the Yankees and the Angels at 88. So no one that there are more than a hundred, more than second place. What? Yes, with with so the, their lineup is it starts with Ronald Acuna, wow. but Matt Olson. I mean these guys just lace the baseball, and they can pitch. So Braves still the favorites when it doesn't when when we get there. I promise you. But uh, that that's some baseball. That's one to watch today. Messy last night, Rod. Messy. Messy two assists. Uh, we told you the guest list at the game out in L.A. I mean, this MLS thing. Star-studded. Oh, LeBron was there. A-listers. Leo like, DiCaprio. Yeah, like, not just, no, you're talking about the, the, the cream de la creme of Hollywood. Hell, the, uh, <laughs> Ted Lasso himself showed up. Said Jason Sudeikis was there. He, I wonder if he went in and helped coach. Hey, Messi brings him out, baby. Messi brings him out. They came out to see Messi mm-hmm. last night in Los Angeles. The there legend. is no doubt about that. And they Goat won the match. stuff. They won the match. Yeah, now they're actually playing. Did, did he start? Has he started yet? Did he start? Or he just played? They haven't started him yet. I don't, I don't know where his they rotation just, they, was, but they he just had to, throw him in there for a few minutes. Has, they know that people want to see him. He, people, people will like revolt if they don't see him. So they throw him out there. He scores a goal or gets a couple of assists, and then they, yeah, bring him back. There, there, there's, there's, uh, 
there's a report that he's going to have to leave that team to go and play some qualifiers for for his his home country. Oh, the, the, really? Yeah, for the national for team, Argentina, yeah, to, okay. to try to, to qualify for the World he's Cup. He's got no problem. He ain't playing that much. I know. He only plays well, he had a few two minutes he, a game. Well, he played. Well, he had two uh, two assists of their three goals. Exactly. So he did enough. When he plays, he's the best player out there on either side, basically in any in MLS game. Period. But I'm just saying, he doesn't play that much, and they don't start him because they're trying to, I guess, kind of Save slowly, him. gradually. Well, they work know him in. they can hang around and then put him in and then go win the game. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, you know what? Maybe that's a good way to get your team to progress and get better because they're inspired by it and they know, hey, man, as long as we stay in the game, Messi can go win a game for us. We just got to be in the game. That's any game. Yeah. We got, Messi. we got Messi. They got something that they'll never have. We got Messi. We got the yeah. goat. And Ted Lasso's at the game. I mean, Ted Lasso's <laughs> going to come coach us up. Hey, believe, baby. Believe. Yeah, you got to believe. That's what that's what Ted Lasso's motto was. That's also, that's Dion's motto. Dion's motto is you got to believe, but believe. You got to believe. We'll Same hear thing. from Dion again coming up from believe, his uh, pregame sweet speech and then his uh, after game mm-hmm. comments. Are you unbelievers out there? You unbelievers. <laughs> uh, also, uh, off the college football side of things, Cowboys locked up uh, Terrence Steele. Their big right tackle, fifty million dollars guaranteed, locking up some of the young guys. They got Malik Hooker. It's a great move for them. They, um, and the Cowboys are, are ready to go. Game one is this week against the Giants. Cowboys favored in New York. Oh, they should be. Yeah, the, you know the Giants. I'll get the stat about it, but man, they've used they last season they used a ton of different combinations of offensive linemen. Actually, a credit to them being able to do that and still have a thousand yard rusher and Saquon Barkley and still make make the playoffs. Um, I do wonder if there's some regression this year just because if Daniel Jones is going to improve, um, I don't see where it improves. He doesn't have – I know they got Jalen Hyde back there, so they got some better weapons for him. Um, but I, I think Daniel Jones is going to struggle mostly because that division is so damn tough. That division with the Cowboys against the Eagles, that's tough. I know Washington's not a you know tough contender, but Washington's defensive line is legit. And I think the Giants' offensive line is going to struggle this year a little bit, potentially. Yeah. Have you seen Dak Prescott's record against the NFC East? It's dominant. It's dominant. Like Twenty-four and three. Yeah, he he owns that damn division. I'm with you. Well, we'll see. If we'll see about the Eagles this year, though. Now the Eagles are back. See it in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, so, what's his record against the 49ers in the playoffs? Yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> yes. that's what they're trying to get over, right? Not that's so the good. hump. Not so good. That's the hump they're trying to climb, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay, before we run through some of these Texas highlights and how the Longhorns posted a 37-10 to win over the uh, the Rice Owls, can we run through some of these real quick, Rod? It is a Monday. Um, how about uh, the, the high school football scores from the weekend? Did you see the, the Westlake beat Converse Judson's 47 to nothing? Yeah, it was, some, it was some crazy scores yes. in high school football. I, I thought they were like basketball scores. Huddo. Yeah, what the they hell? Lost like 80 to 82. Like what? How does that happen? Like, seriously, defensive coordinators, how does that happen? <laughs> like, what is going on? I'm uh, mad at the D.C.s well, in that one, man. Well, Lake Travis uh, beat Cibolo 20-10. to 10. Lake Travis' defense is on point Thank this you. year. There we go. There's some defense Let's have some play. pride, some defense, man. Yeah, Come on, man. guys. Yeah, man. Uh, Dripping Springs bounced back with that win over San Antonio Wagner. Uh, Vandergriff beat Cedar Park in that neighborhood battle on Friday night, which was good to see. Our man Drew Sanders, 2-0. Oh, Coach Sanders, no, yeah. Nothing against those. They uh, look good, too. I actually watched some of the highlights. 41-17. Yeah. How about this one? Vista Ridge beat Georgetown. That surprised some folks because Georgetown, with that offense, dynamic offense, held to 17. Uh, big one. A uh, nice win there. So congrats to all the uh, the Friday night lights. And uh, as scores, you're, man. Yeah. A lot, seems, of, a lot of points. I know. I would love to see. Mainer scored 47. Some, yeah, tell somebody who keeps up with it. It seems like there are a lot of – a lot higher scores than usually this early on in the season. Maybe I'm just 
off. Maybe I'm just not paying close enough attention. Yeah. He's a 40. Look at all these 40s and 50s and 60s. Yeah, man. Right? Tempo. Like, come on, man. Tempo. Temp- yeah, that's a good point. Hey, let me ask Tempo. you this, because somebody texted Tempo. and said, hey, man, this, these new clock rules are killing the game. And I was like, what? I texted him back and mm. said, you're killing how? Mm. He said, well, they don't get enough snaps. You're not going to get to play your young players. We had Chip. Can we play Chip Kelly again <laughs> from UCLA? He was not happy because his team was struggling with Coastal Carolina. He's telling the truth. And, um, you know, they're doing the, the, the always fun halftime interview. And uh, do we have this, tie? Here's uh, Chip Kelly on his thoughts on this new uh, new faster game because of uh, they're not calling timeout now or stopping the clock after every first down. But this new rule is that's crazy. We had four drives in the first half. This game goes fast. Hope you guys are selling a lot of commercials. Thanks, Coach. Hope you're selling a lot of commercials. <laughs> that was great. That was fantastic. Chip was, Kelly. Hope you, well, he's right, though, because – the games are shorter because of the rule change. I'll give you some stats here in a second. But I would love for somebody to do the math, and maybe I'll have to do it, and I hope I don't. I hope somebody does it for me. Where I would love for them to see how long the commercial breaks are, and if they're still consistent with what they were last I, season. I, was, I think they are, if I, not longer. I was hosting the Inside Texas in-game watch oh, yeah. uh, on, on, on their YouTube channel, which is a blast. And Great we're doing job. every game. Nice. Uh, on to watch with us. And it felt to me like it was going faster. Uh, it felt like to me, but like even the breaks might even have been breaks, a little shorter. Okay. But but I we were occupied talking, and maybe maybe that's why you need to tune in and watch no, us. I don't because know. then I'm you don't even asking. notice the commercial. Yeah, it might. They might be shorter. Tune in on your laptop or computer and watch us, uh, myself and Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, all the inside Texas guys talk through the game. It makes the commercial seem shorter. That's why it flew by. Huh? Yeah, it flew. Time flies. Man. Well, in three hours eleven minutes. I'll say this: if, if it's killing the game, that's the, you can have that opinion. I guess I, I I'm not a fan of three hour, forty five minute, four hour football games. No, me neither. I, I can't do it. Uh, the, I was pleased to see this game kick off at two thirty six and was over before six o'clock. It was a two. It was a three hour and eleven minute game. Uh, I thought that was that's about where you want to be, right? That's it the is. NFL. It is, man. I'm with you because I had to rewatch these games, and I got to tell you, after years of rewatching Big Twelve games, Big Twelve games are the longest. Golf. It seems like I'm all I'm all for the rule changes, and I love I love football, but man, some my rewatches are taking like. Three hours. We're yeah. trying to rewatch a game. We don't, no, it's ridiculous. So I think it, ha- it has to happen because the newer generation, because of the digitized uh, world that we live in now, everybody's attention span, including the younger generations, is getting shorter. And the young kids, they don't watch whole games anymore. They yeah. don't. They don't. they don't. They don't watch. Like, we sit down and we watch, oh, from start to finish, I'm going to watch from kickoff all the way to the end, the fourth quarter. That is not how the younger generations watch his games. They watch him almost in highlight form. Because they've grown up with YouTube. Yes, or, so, or social media will tell them, hey, Snapchat. now's the time to go to the game because the game's exciting, and they'll go to it in, in, in increments. Yeah. But they don't just sit there and watch the whole thing. Yeah. And that's, that's got so that, that's why they figured out, man, we got to shorten these damn games, period. And good for them. And, and, and look, when you say killing the game, don't think ESPN and Fox and their TV partners weren't the ones saying, hey, guys, we're, we're running into other games. We got we to put this in a window here. They're just as long, though. No, they're not. NFL games are three hours. I'm talking about college football. No, there's, this game was three hours and 11 minutes. They're, they're, they are shorter. Now, the, based game, on the Colorado the game went over a little bit because they scored. 80, 90 points. Which you have no problem with that Which going I'm over. fine with that. Yeah. I, I, did, I did notice the change in the rule, though. I, I, it, I did. It was weird. And I you didn't? Like, I, I did notice okay. it, and I didn't like it. I liked it. Um, I, uh, I'm with, I'm with E. I liked it. And the, and, the, and the stats say that there actually are, here's these stats, plays per game, 131 on average in 2022, 117 in 2023, drives per game, 24 in 2022. Uh, it's 21.7 this season. Plays per drive, 5.5. 2023, 5.4. So it may be a little slight difference, um, ties that some people can't notice it, but it's def- they're definitely well, short. I mean, it's because there's the same amount of commercial breaks. That's true. Right. So it's, you get to the commercial breaks faster, so it feels 
Three hours and 11 like minutes. Yeah. Look, consider this with a three-hour and 11-minute game to start the season. The NFL tries to keep their games to three hours, right? They want a noon mm-hmm. window, then they want a three window, then they, they play the night game. Yep. Um, three hours, 11 minutes. Well, we also know that college football's halftime is twice as long as, 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 college, <sighs> as the NFL. Well, yeah, too NFL long. does a 12-minute halftime. Like, mm-hmm. you're in, you're out. Players have said, man, you get you have time, maybe you have time to go to the bathroom and, you know, change your jersey if you want to, and then you're back on the field. College football, because of the bands and the pomp and pageantry, they go 20, 25 minutes for sure. the halftime. Sure. So that was a quick game. Uh, let's hear how we got there. Of course, Rice took the early lead, Rod, 3 nothing. When uh, Texas went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. Quinn Ewers with the, got pressured and then threw a low ball to J.T. Sanders. It would have gotten the first down, but not completed. So Texas gives up the ball. Um, can we hear Sark, by the way, from the post game talking about uh, why go for it on fourth down there at your own 30-yard line early in the game? He did it twice. They didn't get either of them. Uh, here's Sark on, on the fir- fourth down decisions. I just have trust in our guys. Um, I, I really do. I have, and I, and I, and I, I do, I'm, and I'm going to continue to. These guys have proven to me what they're capable of doing. Um, quite frankly, I did, the call was a little screwed up, and I own that for them. But, but again, at, at the end of the day, we need to be aggressive. We, we've got a lot of really good playmakers on this offense, uh, and to create opportunities for them, uh, I think the more opportunities we get, the more comfort we get playing together like that in game. Um, we'll be able to take advantage of those moments. And you can do that when you got real faith in your defense. And, um, you know, our defense goes out. I think they lost three yards on that drive and then kicked a field goal. So, um, you know, that, we're going to continue to stay aggressive that way, and I think we'll, we'll benefit for it in the, in the long run. So there you go, Rod. And, that, you know, this is going to be for all teams, but mm-hmm. certainly for Sark, if you're going to have fewer possessions in a game. Keep the ball. You want to keep the ball. Don't give away the ball, man. You just, but, keep the ball. And, you know, in both fourth downs were, were there, they just weren't executed very well. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That That's something, you know, that it, money downs was supposed to be an emphasis for Texas, uh, and that's third and fourth downs. And what were they total? I think seven of 18. Yeah, yeah. So that's around, what, 30, a little under 39%. You got you got to be better. You got period. You got to be better executing on money downs and get your hat on a hat. Yep. And I, you know, one of the things that bothered me, I got the stat from LHN. So shout out to them. Third down, the average yards to gain was eight point nine yards. Way too much. That's man. not going to work against right, wh- against uh, anybody. Their next opponent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to put even against Wyoming. That would stress me out a little bit. So Sark's got it. They got to work on the money downs and, like you said, the execution on fourth downs. So that's in that the category too. Uh, because yeah, that's essentially a turnover. Turnover on downs, but also, man, you got to have more favorable third down money down situations. All right, can we get to? Uh, some of these sounds. Here's how it sounded on Fox TV. Jonathan Brooks. Uh, this is a nice play design by Sark. Roll everything to the left and come Ooh. back to the right with a screen pass to your running back. As you said, it was out of 21 personnel mm-hmm. with Jonathan Brooks. Two running backs on the field. Here's how it sounded. Texas Quinn Ewers back at the controls. He will roll and spin and throw it for Jonathan Brooks. And a sophomore tailback is gone. Touchdown, Texas. Pretty uh, pretty good play and pretty good wheels. I mean, you got some jets right there. Also then, so then it's 7-3. Texas kicked a field goal. Burt Auburn 50-yarder and uh, nailed that right through the middle. I mean, his kicks were on point, man. And the last one was a 57-yarder. He doesn't have that leg. But he made three field goals. Mm-hmm. And this is where you were frustrated with Texas because they, they talked about starting camp, Rod, red zone being a point of emphasis. They weren't good in the red zone. They had to settle for three field goals early. Didn't execute. Missed some plays. Obviously, Jonathan Brooks dropped what would have been a touchdown pass mm-hmm. on one of those. So you go to the half up 16-3. They came out in the second half, and this is where, you, as you said, Rod, the yeah. slower developing plays, they got rid of them, and they just went RPO quick game. Yep. 
and the first touchdown was uh, A.D. Mitchell. Uh, nice route, got you know faked the out, and then came back across to the post and uh, beat his man pretty easy. Here's Quinn Ewers with the touchdown pass on an eight-play, 62-yard drive. Sanders in motion. Ewers to throw down the middle. And an on Mitchell touchdown. Yeah, Ad Mitchell with the touchdown. It's uh, a nice route. You were, it was a great route. And so then it's twenty three three, and that that drive started with uh, a nice little play over to, to X Man, a little quick quick pass to X that got the thing moving. And then remember X had the long kick punt return, and uh, that was nice. That, that set up another drive, and it was uh, right up the seam. You also told me twenty one personnel on this too, right? J T yes. Sanders, J T yep. Sanders, right up the seam. It was too easy. Uh, right I really up the saw gut. him open up the speed. I I didn't realize that JT Sanders. I, I, mean, I know he's a freakish athlete, but he actually looked like he could open up. He separated uh, once he got the ball. You know that what a forty-four yard touchdown pass. So um, yeah, JT Sanders, and you can tell that was. And Bobby talked about this on the On Texas uh, Football Post Game Show that I was on him with. You can tell that was a play that came right from the sideline because I believe it was. Right? Did they even have a play before that? Or was that a one play drop? One play drop. One play drop. They came from the sideline. They saw something, and they had that. that. Was, yeah, they were like, "Oh man, guys, if, if we just go this pop pass RPO right here. It's gonna be wide open a touchdown." Like they saw it, they mapped it out. That was that to me showed a lot of uh, coaching adjustments on the sideline. So I like that call. Another stop, and then a, then a nine play drive, uh, and it was capped off by Quinn Ewers. Let's hear this because this is good. This is now on film that Quinn Ewers will keep the ball on the zone read down near the goal line. Uh, uh, well, he walked into the end zone. That's a nice thing, right now. Now, you oh know, yeah, it's on film for Alabama. They, they're gonna have to be keep on us with that instead of collapsing down on the run game. Yeah, you got, and that's the second time in the last three games that he's kept that uh, the quarterback keeper in on the zone read. Remember against Baylor, he also scored the very same way. Um, we decided to keep it, and if I'm Baylor, I fell for it, of course, because he never kept it all year long. He hadn't kept the ball on a uh, zone read, and then. Here in the uh, Rice game, he also decides to keep it. Uh, so you're right, he, and I'll get into this a little bit later on as we dive into the uh, the Bama game and how you win All right, for Texas. I always say if you're going to win a big game, we're talking about playoffs, postseason or big games, championship games, things of that nature, uh, you gotta be to, you got to be willing and know when to break tendency at the right time. And I think in this game, it's going to be big about when tech, can Texas break tendency at the right time because Bama's got so much material, source material and sample sizes on Texas tendencies and their trends and their patterns. Um, and that was one right there. That was a tendency breaker is when something you do over and over again and the film says, oh, he's, he's going to hand it off every time. And then he breaks tendency and keeps it. Yeah, I what like the that. Hell? Yeah. I like that. One other uh, conversation. So we also had the, now here's the drive that killed the betters, right? If you were gambling and you took Texas. And you were thinking, okay, they're going to get there, right? They're, they, that that twenty-one point third quarter. Now we're going to cover this number. Um, well, guess what? They missed field goal after they got right down near the ten-yard line, and they backed up, ended up with a first and forty, and ended up trying to kick a you know fifty-six-yard field goal that was short. Rice went on a thirteen-play, nine-minute drive, Rod. Yeah, nine twenty-four. They were ready to get the heck out of there, but they were finally, for the first time all day, moving the ball a little bit. <laughs> and the Luke McCaffrey catch for the touchdown was a nice catch. He got it clobbered. Was nice. He got hit hard. Yep. Uh, but that was That's good play. That was the killer because it was thirty-seven to three. Uh, at that point, and the touchdown was scored with three minutes to go in the game. And at that point, because that's where I say that nine-minute drive 
probably prevented us from seeing Arch Manning yesterday on Saturday. I know that was the goal, right? The goal was like Texas should dominate this game to the extent where we get to see Arch Manning at least take some snaps. Maybe not, you know, throw the football, but just take some snaps. And we didn't see that. So ultimately, like we said, then Texas did not dominate this matchup enough. They dominate this matchup enough. We see Arch. We didn't see Arch. Longhorn fans are upset about it. The reason they're upset is because Texas did not dominate and play to a standard. So makes sense. Yeah, agreed. And that mm-hmm. nine that nine minute drive is what cost it, right? If they mm-hmm. they get them off the field right there, I think you were going to see Arch Man. He wasn't real warming up on the sideline for nothing. Uh, he was likely to go in right there. Uh, and obviously, by the time they got the ball back, there were you know, under three minutes to go in the ball game. Uh, all right, one other uh, piece of sound mm-hmm. from Sark because the uh, the game ball went to the defensive front. We talked about Tavondre oh, Sweat, man. our Viking fence defensive player of the game. He and uh, Byron Murphy. Murphy. Everything Oof. we heard from Sark and all the post scrimmage conversations showed up. Uh, the defensive line That's was true. nasty. Ethan Burke, I mean everybody, even Chris Ross, a freshman, a retro freshman out of Galena Park, North Shore came in and made some plays, showing some some quickness. Let's hear from uh, Sark on that defensive front and how good they were. Coach, you hit on the D line earlier. Devondre Sweat obviously had a big game, clogging up the middle. The rest of the group had a lot of depth. Do you see this team, this defensive unit, being dominant up front? Well, I have no reason not to. Um, you know, they, they, they've shown me that throughout training camp. Uh, they did it live today in person. Um, I'm sure we're going to watch the tape and find things for growth. All right, there you go. Defensive front. Yeah, I mean, it's dudes. It's, it was a strength of the team last year. I think it's going to be another strength this year. If those guys, talking about Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, can start off basically demanding a double team consistently. I don't know if it's one or the other. Um, basically having the offense have to devote multiple offensive lineman to stop those guys, all right, on one or two different plays. So we're talking about either double-teaming Tavondre Sweat or double-teaming Byron Murphy. You initially end up winning the numbers advantage at the point of attack almost every single play. That, to me, can have a huge effect on this defense because you always have a plus one in a passing game that way. And you can what you can do with that plus one in a passing game can really help you gain an advantage uh, one way or the other. No doubt about it. All right, <laughs> uh, Coming back, Rod will take you behind the burnt orange curtain one more time. Also, how about uh, the young – we have a, a lifetime Longhorn who is on uh, main stage in a different sport, not football. We'll get you details on that on the other side. Also behind the burnt orange curtain, and we'll get the uh, what's popping picks uh, for today and this week coming up before the end of the hour. It's Ian Rod B. I know you want to leave me. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber, Austin. Texas sports. For the top of the hour, we will hear the, uh, you see the Astro fan last night in the Yankees game who got called for fan interference, and uh, then they did an interview with him. It's hilarious. We'll let you hear that coming up. The Yankees swept the Astros, but that won't matter if the Astros and take care of business this week. Of course, the Rangers want to take care of business, too. It's Rangers-Astros, game one this afternoon, 3.05. That is uh, absolutely what's popping. We'll get the rest of the popping picks. Also this, Rod, uh, you know, Talk a lot about the former Longhorn golfers who are starring on the uh, the PGA Tour, right? Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth and all these former Longhorns. Well, how about this? I'm watching right now, right over your uh, left shoulder, the uh, lifetime Longhorn Peyton Stearns is up 4-1, oh, yeah. up 4-1 in the uh, first set. Oh, she has beautiful. played her way into the fourth round of the U.S. Open. Nice. Yeah. Uh, she's playing the eighth seed, Vondrasova. And she's up four one. So and she's only lost one set so far in her first, you know, so far. Now I mean, she just turned pro last year, and um, she's just over a year ago she turned pro, and here she is into the fourth round of a one of the one of the Grand Slams. So good for Peyton Stearns. How Life many to- people are in these tournaments? 
Oh, to start? Tennis. I have no idea how tennis works. <laughs> like, I always see the number. Like, there's what? Like 20-something people that are ranked going in, and then the rest mm-hmm. kind of have to play into the actual elimination rounds. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, you just play. It's a tournament. You get bracketed, and then you have to play your way to. They start playing on, like, last Monday, right? Yeah. Like, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yes, she is uh, doing well right now. She's up 4-1, so we'll keep an eye on Peyton Stearns. Hook'em horns. Lifetime longhorn right there. Getting Hook'em, her done. Baby. Getting her done. Looking She's going to become a force, right? Now, you know, the, the, the big-name Americans are still there, too, and Coco Goff and uh, Jessica Pagula, but uh, we'll keep an eye. She's into the round of 16 now at the U.S. Open in Flushing Meadow. Uh, let's dive in uh, and go behind the burnt orange curtain, though. Rod's got some more Texas football chatter. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Um, you know, something I think we mentioned earlier, but it is worth uh, discussing um, and rehashing. The, the, the game plan was quite vanilla for Texas starting out uh, versus Rice. I think they made some adjustments um, after they realized how uh, the offense had underperformed in the first half. Uh, there's no doubt. I look at, you know, conceptual signatures. I keep track of what I call conceptual signatures. Sorry. These are concepts, uh, different cheat codes, force multipliers um, that he uses, uh, utilizes, and deploys within his offensive um, game plans and his scheme that consistently, you know, uh, consistently show up week after week. And they're the most popular concepts. Um, I, you, can even, you can call them vital signs of his offense, right? And there are different uh, ways, conceptual signatures, uh, different ways to track them. And when I looked at the conceptual signatures of his offense in the Rice game after tracking them, you know, you just saw really low levels of them, right? Uh, like, uh, say, targets to motion, which is a really popular concept in Sark's offense, which are targets uh, to a player in motion at the time of the snap or prior to the snap. And Sark uses a lot of motion, as we know. One of the uh, really the vital sign, the biggest and most important vital sign of his offense is the amount of motion that he uses um, and, and pre-snap shifts that he uses. And usually he'll have certain plays uh, sometimes predetermined throws that are designed to get the football to that man that was in motion uh, at the snap or prior to the snap. And it's actually one of the most successful concepts, 80% completion percentage uh, last season when they targeted uh, motion and 10 yards per attempt. There was only one target to motion in the entire game. Yeah. Just one. And that's one of Sark's, he doesn't say it, but based on my you know, notes, I think it's one of his favorite conceptual signatures. I think this year you're going to see it a lot more. And it adds to the yak yards, uh, E, because he likes to get the guys the ball on the move. You only saw that one time in the game, right? Uh, and I believe that was the X-Men. Uh, empty formation. You guys know I'm obsessed with empty formation. We'll talk about it a lot for the Alabama week. Uh, but it is one of the toughest and the most stressful formations for a defense to have to defend. Uh, just because it, you know, it, it forces you to, to reveal your disguise. You cannot, you know, uh, you cannot move around much. You got to get to your alignment assignment right away. Usually, you're in cover, cover one or in zero coverage with no help out of empty formation. And Sark had you like. Remember, I told you guys in that Washington game, Queen, you was a seven of eight out of empty formation. Seven of eight. 
He was dealing in that bowl game. Last game of the season last year, he used a ton of empty because Quinn Ewers was really good at it. It sped up his internal clock. Also, sack rates that I've actually tracked, they, they dropped for Texas out of empty the last three years. So it neutralizes the opposing team's pass rush, and it cleans up his pre-snap read because they cannot forsake their alignment and assignment for pre-snap shell disguise. And he worked it in the bowl game versus uh, Washington, 7 of 8. And you only saw three plays of empty the entire game. And two of those were for Quinn. I think one was for Malik when he came in the game. And, you know, the 6-0 line package, which Sark has already um, used last season. And even Kyle Flood said last year they called it their Big 11, Big 12 package. And it was Malik Agbo, who was wearing number 80, who was the sixth offensive lineman versus Rice. I believe uh, Kyle Flood is on record at one of his coaching clinics saying they want to run big O-line package, big 12, big 11 with a sixth O-lineman in there 30 to 40 percent of the time, which is way more than the tracking that I have from last season when they ran, I think, close to 15 percent of the time. They want to run it a lot more. And with all these linemen you stockpiled, it makes a lot of sense because you're really deep and you're really talented there. Only five, six O-line plays with six alignment on the field. So it's pretty obvious just based on some of the conceptual signatures, the personnel groupings as well. And even the 21 personnel, I talked about a lot, um, E, that your two biggest plays came out of 21 personnel. Your 44-yard touchdown to J.T. Sanders, your 37-yard receiving touchdown to Jonathan Brooks came out of two backs, one tight end. Um, You only had six plays of that. You didn't use that a lot either. Yeah, so they... they, You were pretty vanilla. There's a lot not used. Yes. yes, And you know that there's a whole uh, Alabama game plan that they've been uh, working towards and uh, installing through camp and then, you know, sprinkling in there. And obviously they'll do the full install because this is the kind of game where this is why you hired Paul Chris, right? This is this is the game to help design a game plan that, uh, you know, Paul Chris can be your your other Mm -hmm. set of eyeballs and. And uh, same on the defensive side when you when you're trying to get ready for this. Same with uh, Joe D. Camillus and special teams. Every yep. every area and every phase of your team is going to have to be at a very high level if you're going to win this game. Alabama just doesn't lose games at home very often. And as you said, one of the uh, the main commonalities when Alabama does lose a home game or lose, it's elite quarterback play, which means Quinn Ewers has to play to a really really high level. Mm-hmm. And can he get there? That is uh, obviously the the. The conversation, and you know, can Texas? I know, I know. Uh, this this past week, Jalen Milrow looked really good, but you know, can Texas rattle Jalen Milrow? Right, he's he is he's a guy that last year when he came in for the injured Bryce Young was rattleable. Right, he was a guy yes, that you was. can take advantage of. And don't you know, Texas is going back and watching those films so how teams were able to attack him because it won't come as easy against Texas as it did against Middle Tennessee State. What I've observed, like I said, today I'm going to dive deep into watching Bama film, so we'll start doing Bama tomorrow. I'll start with the offense, and then we'll work our way through it. He, when you force him to make quick decisions. Um, and, Milrow? Uh, yes. Uh, he This last year, he could be a new player, obviously, over the offseason. He was prone to making careless ones and irresponsible decisions, yep. bad decisions, when you made him make quick Speed decisions. Speed up his clock. So you, exactly. You want to blitz him when you can. And, and you want different looks. You don't want him to get a chance to be able to figure out exactly how you're going to exploit and expose him. So, yeah, I would, I'd blitz him some. I'd go bare front some. I would, uh, there'd be times where I'd go simulated pressure. Sometimes my spot would be Jalen Ford. Sometimes it'd be Bender. Sometimes it's going to be Jaron Thompson. Sometimes it's going to be Jalen Catalan. Like, you never know who the spy is going to be either. Don't let them figure that out because they have what they call spy beaters. 
when you're trying to spy, do it that quarterback where they'll bring a, a receiver right behind the spy, right by the spy, and then based off the body language of the quarterback, whether you're drifting in the pocket to the left or you're shuffling to the right, hey, the defenders, what are they reading? The quarterback. Yeah. So when that quarterback j- uh, shuffles to the right or the left, hey, that defender's going to shuffle right on along with him, and what is he going to do? He create a passing window. Yeah. And then that's where you throw the, the spy beater. By the way, this is what I need from Quinn Ewers. We're not getting deep into this, but Quinn doesn't do that enough. Can we talk about how Quinn – there are ways quarterbacks can – they can actually open up windows. They can make – you know, they do it a lot with their eyes. Right? You can move a defender with your eyes. There are times where Quinn Ewers, he's not moving any damn defender with his eyes. Now, you could argue he doesn't have a time to make it through his progressions in order to do that, but I've seen a couple of times where I'm wondering, man, if he – if he can, if he manipulates that defender by with a couple of steps to the left or a couple of steps to the right, that defender would move and create a window for him to complete that pass. Yeah, you can move people with your eyes. You can move with your eyes, with your body language. Sure. He does not move defenders with his eyes or his body language. Go back and watch that. How often do you see that? I see Drake May do it. I do I see, too. I see Caleb Williams. Of, yep, I see higher level quarterbacks do it. I don't see Quinn do it. Yeah, that's something that's got to evolve. And uh, mm-hmm. how much did we see and not see in this game will be the question. Uh, Alabama will make you make you play at a high level everywhere Just without a doubt. I also feel like he doesn't make very many off-schedule throws. No. Uh, he he tried to in this moment. He no. rolled to the right and tried to throw to Tavion no. Sanders. No, it's it's in the flow of the offense for him. He's, on, he's on schedule guy. If it's off schedule, then he's – like we were talking about this with Caleb Williams, right? Caleb Williams, they can drop a snap. There can be like a lineman like fall over in front of him. He'll grab the ball, start running around, and turn it. arm and dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, in the backfield. Like, how is he doing this? It's trying to negative play into a positive one. But we've seen that before. VY had that ability, right? Sam had Sam, Sam, Sam Ellinger had some of that, right? So you ain't always got to be an elite quarterback to have that ability. But it's, it's obvious that Quinn doesn't have that second nature, second reaction athletic instincts. He doesn't have that really. It's not natural for him. Well, the biggest thing for me is we listened to the sound earlier when Stark said that going in, like coming out of halftime last year, Quinn might have not been able to make that, to switch the flip and make the changes he needed to because, you know, he was getting sacked before the half. I mean, I'd, I'd, that, that's big for me. It's just having oh, yeah. him in the right mindset because the last he felt just defeated on the sidelines. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why confidence is so key, and I don't know why Sark doesn't want to get his quarterback confident and in a rhythm. I'd want him feeling it, feeling like he's in a groove. And when you're just taking shots downfield and it seems like the offense doesn't have a rhythm, your quarterback, to me, is not confident. He was confident in the second half because he knows what, what his best throws are, and he knows that ain't the deep ball. And when Sark's throwing that deep ball, he's not a confident quarterback. All right, we come back. It'll be What's Poppin', our final segment here of the Fabulous Fifth Hour and our show on this Monday. Uh, what is poppin', including that big series, Astros, Rangers. We'll get an update on Ghost Peyton Ghost. Stearns as well. What's poppin' next? What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. No doubt what's poppin' today for sports fans. There is a college football game tonight. Clemson, number nine team in the country, playing at Duke. Mike Elko, former Texas A&M DC. Nice. See what he can give uh, Cade Klubnick. And uh, we'll get to see Clemson, which we got to see Florida State last night, and they were ultra impressive. They look like they're a real deal. Those no. two ACC powers will collide later this month. Florida State's trying to they're trying to compete for a national title this year, and then they're going to try to leave the ACC. <laughs> and we <laughs> talked their values on Saturday. at an all-time high. <laughs> well, we talked on our, on our pregame on Saturday game day program that uh, maybe t- the Big 12. Like, if the mm-hmm. SEC's not interested – and doesn't want to go beyond 16, and they're happy where they're at. Clemson and Florida State, if they can fight their way out with the lawyers, would would Brett Yormark mm-hmm. in the Big 12 say, so you know what, we'll go to 18 if we can bolster our eastern flank even more, along with uh, Central Florida, Cincinnati, West Virginia. 
We'll go to we'll go to Tallahassee. Yep. Um, but I'm with you. It's going to be one of those conferences we'll be interested if they decide to emancipate. Yeah, Texas. The, the Big Twelve would be the obvious because now all of a sudden you're competing with the bigger dogs, right? You're well, you're you're even right there with the SEC and the Big Ten. When especially after your disastrous start to 2023, oh! <laughs> when you got TCU losing. ten and four, oh. ten and four, but the four were stingers. Is uh, mm. that was not popping? The Big Twelve, the three big losses, two of them at home: Baylor, TCU, and then the uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Not good. Get your guns up. They lost. They they those three lost to teams with a, who won eleven combined games last year. Eleven. Wow. They were not good. But they've upgraded. Obviously, Texas State with 52 transfers in. Colorado added 51 through the transfer portal uh, and a bunch of new players. And then, of course, uh, Wyoming just beat Texas Tech in overtime. That was a heck of a finish. That was, man. Take me to Wyoming defense. No joke. Hey. Ain't there no pushover. I guess everything doesn't go through Lubbock. You know what I'm saying? Everything runs through Lubbock. Yeah. Mm. They got some issues out there in Lubbock now. You won't hear from them for a while. They they got bigger fish to fry. Can I play this for you? crushed by Oregon this week. Yeah. Oregon scored like 80. Yeah, Oregon look good. Low Knicks. Yeah. Low Knicks. Hey, Pac-12 quarterbacks, man. They're everywhere. They're killing it. Let me, uh, in their final year of <laughs> The irony, right? The yeah. irony. <laughs> their must-see TV, finally. <laughs> they, they actually may go to the college football playoff this year. Or they may be Take too good and knock each other off. Nah, Let me play this for you. Here's Quinn Ewers after the game. <laughs> we threw for 260 yards, three touchdowns, ran for one. Could add another one if Jonathan Brooks had, had held on to that play down inside the 10-yard line. But here's, uh, here's a little Quinn to get you fired up. What's popping? It's great to be back in DKR, man. Fans came out and showed up. Couldn't be more fired up for this season. Let's go hook him. There you go. That's Quinn. Can you fire it up? I love the hook him that he gave after he scored the rushing touchdown. And yeah. I don't think he knew the boom mic was right there. I don't know what he he was like, hook him, and like echoed all throughout the entire stadium and then also echoed into the uh into the broadcast. It was great. Hook awesome. Him. One other piece of sound awesome. and what's popping because the Astros play the Rangers today, Rod. It's a big one. The big final three games between these two all go, season. Go. Yeah. In the regular year. That's uh, Andrew Heaney, who's really had a good month. He'll start the left-hander for the for the Rangers. Astros hit left-handers pretty well. Uh, they're going to start J.P. France, the rookie right-hander, who's been so good and reliable for them. That should be a good game today at 3:05. But here was last night, Minute Maid Park. Astros lose to the Yankees six to one. They got swept by the Yankees. But so there was a moment in the game where a fan was called for fan interference. He was down the left field line, and he reached out over and touched a ball that oh. the the right fielder. It was in foul territory. But the right fielder had a good chance to catch the ball, so they called it uh, fan interference. Batter was out. Uh, the Astro was out. So here is uh, – they went and got an interview with the guy who touched the ball. So tell us about that play and how it developed. So pretty much I'm out here with my son. This is our first ever game. We just moved here to Houston literally in January, and I just wanted to make the moment special for him. As a father, I feel like it's my job to make sure that I give him the best moments. I apologize to the Astro organization. I didn't know it from, y'all got to understand, when it's dropping down, it looked like it's coming directly to you. So I reached, and my body went for what I know. But we did have a wonderful moment. Okay, so you reach out, and what was the reaction that you heard right after the play was over? The reaction was shock, disgust, <laughs> happiness, sweat, a little bit of lust, baby. You feel me? I was in there feeling kind of shaking a little bit. The ball way heavier with the gravity. I'm not going to lie to you. Charlie Ray, we're going to be on TV, baby! There you go. There you go. He was 
a good sport, though. I like it. It goes on longer than that. I watched that live last night. Really? Like, How much oh, longer did he go on? Like another 35 seconds. That was pretty good, though. He, he's got a good mouthpiece on him. That was pretty nice. Well, because initially they had like the security team come down, and they were like saying they were, they were looking for him because yeah. they like kick him out, and he was, and he was like kind of lead back in the chair. And he's like, nah, they were just checking to see if I was okay. Like, nice. Was That's pretty good. That's and he, calls him the, he calls them the asteroids instead of the asteroids. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, great stuff today. Jim Rome coming next. Rich Eyes in this afternoon. That'll be a loaded program. No Patrick Javis. Actually, we have there is no. We have we have Jim Rome until two. Then an hour of Rich Eyes, and then we have Astros Rangers. Ooh. Astros Rangers, right? Oh here. yeah, baby. You're home for Ranger baseball. Get it right. Lock it in. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. Also, mm-hmm. Clemson and Duke tonight. Do you have a pick there, Ty? The Sex Panther pick of the night. Oh yeah, Let's go with the Rangers. Money line. Of course. Nah, Homer, Homer go, pick. Homer pick of the week. Go bet that at my bookie if you get a chance, folks. Let's do that. Mybookie.com. <laughs> Hey, the uh, the what's pop, uh, popping picks? He went two and three last week on his five picks. Though. That's okay. We're just getting started. Yes, we're, week we're one. down a couple of years. It's like the deep ball for Texas. It's gonna get better. Come on, I it's heard him get say better. football's my comfort zone. I'm about to light it up. Hey, he converted more than Texas did on deep ball. That's all right. He sure did. Rod, great <laughs> stuff as always. Too, Let's brother. do it again tomorrow. Yes, sir. Seems like there's a big game we should preview coming next uh, Saturday. Yes, sir. that we can start talking about. Well, we got you covered. Uh, Sark will be speaking at noon today. We'll have more of that tomorrow. Astros Rangers at 3 here on the Horn.